0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Breakfast Theology. My name is Josiah Cain, and this morning I'm joined by Isaac Cain. And my name is Chuck Jones. It's good for you guys to be with us this morning. I hope you enjoyed the last two episodes where we were talking with Levi and Jake about discipleship and mentorship. And we're continuing our series, Christians Say What?, Because sometimes we say things that are kind of weird. um, And even inside of Christian circles, we don't always understand them all the way. Mm. Um, Like discipleship, for example. And today, if you're looking at the title, you probably already know. So don't spoil it for the rest of them. But we're going to be talking about in Jesus' name. Which is a common phrase that I think I've probably said after almost every prayer in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. For one reason or another. Right. But that's the question. Why do we say, in Jesus' name... Before we hop into the topic, though, I do want to encourage everyone to reach out to us. Uh, You can email us. Our address is breakfasttheology at gmail.com. I got an email... uh, last month from Dan Kane who suggested some topics for us to discuss and we are looking at them I promise we see you. Um, Thank you Dan for writing in and meaning to email you back here but uh, we really encourage you guys to reach out to us because it helps us to know you're listening it feeds us ideas and overall it just makes us know that this is a worthwhile pursuit and we are really looking forward to continuing to add benefit to your life, spiritually, Mm -hmm. and uh, also to our own enrichment, so, and ultimately to the enrichment of God's kingdom, which is what we're here for. Absolutely. All right, so where are we starting with, in Jesus' name? You know, when I think about this, uh, as you've mentioned, uh, you probably said at the end of almost all of your prayers, I I know I have. Um you know the more you say and do something the less you think about it because our brains do the same where we like to be able to set up autopilot mechanics so to speak (laughs) you know in a lot of ways you know you can have you ever seen those videos before of like people who have been doing their job for like years and they can like i don't know if they're a chef like chop up a complete watermelon in like five seconds or something crazy you know like they're not really thinking about it anymore they're just kind of doing it and I think like you brush your teeth the same way you take your showers same yeah. way you put on your shoes right goes first your left goes next and then you tie it in a Ooh, certain yeah. way <laughs> yeah but when you first are learning to tie your shoes you're like okay now I do this step and it's supposed to go mm-hmm. around like this oh okay I got it you know so you're really thinking about it and uh, I mean that's kind of the whole point why we're even looking at the Christianese so, so to speak right. in the first place is because that tends to happen Uh, in our own faith walk, too. And Jesus' name, I think, might be one of the primest examples of something that we just kind of say without thinking about it.
1: Right, right. Um, So, if I could jump in here. Yeah, please, yeah. What do we mean by name? Mm.
0: Mm. That's a good start.
1: Can we just say, Jesus, 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 (laughs)
0: Jesus?
1: (laughs) That's his name, right? We could. Would that be annoying? did that <laughs> very much so <laughs> <laughs> i know uh, of a group of people who take the name jehovah very mm. seriously right and they will have signs of that name to put on their walls in their house mm. yeah for protection mm-hmm. now in my thinking that borders a little bit on superstition mm. you know yeah because it's not just those letters in a particular order that has any meaning or power. Yes. It's, what does it represent?
0: Who does it invoke? Yep. What's the history?
1: That's a good word, invoke.
0: Yeah. it is his character,
1: mm-hmm. his authority. Uh, we talk about in the name of Jesus, and we're talking about his ministry and work.
0: Yeah. I think There's about...
1: power and authority.
0: I think about, kind of, uh, when I think about name, it just came to me, is um, the power of eternity. Eter- sorry, the power of attorney. So, let's say you make me your, your... You give me power of attorney over your estate or whatever. Yeah. Which you probably shouldn't do. But... <laughs> <laughs> let's say uh, I come to the court and I say, in the name of Chuck Jones, I can, under his authority, I do yeah. this or sign his will or give this away right whatever and so I'm invoking the authority that you have yeah over your property yeah mm-hmm. and so when we say in That's Jesus's right. name what authority does yes. that have yes okay. so can I get more, else coffee? more coffee mm-hmm. thank you welcome. I think you guys are really touching on something important here which is well good Yeah. Well, just something I was also going to think of myself was really unpacking the difference between modern day understanding of name versus what the ancient uh, biblical time people had understanding of name. You know, you were talking about, there's nothing special about the particular arrangement of letters to spell out the word Jehovah that have any significance. You know, we hear name, we typically think, oh, uh, Isaac Cain or Josiah Cain or Chuck Jones. Like we just think of literally how you address someone, like what's their title, right? Um, And so we must think, I'm I'm sure a lot of people think Jesus's name is just something special about the name Jesus or to be more specific, Yeshua back in his time. Uh, But you guys are right about showing it's like, the name back in that time and culture was really encompassing who they were and are as a person what they stood for what they cared about what in context of faith what their ministry was um, so you gave a good example of you know invoking the name of uh, Chuck Jones for uh, something in, in court, you know. That, that might get you in trouble, <laughs> right? And the right. name of Chuck Jones. Wait, who? Hold on a second. We've been <laughs> looking for that. <laughs> but obviously, you mean more than just literally the name Chuck Jones, because there's probably more than one Chuck Jones in the United States. You know, you're not talking about all of them, or something special about that name in particular. But we're talking about a specific person, and assets and you know what they their history their history or what can what, their person ship yeah that's yeah. not a real word but you know
1: invoking the name of jesus is not always accurate according to matthew seven twenty two, mm. yeah. jesus is talking and he says many not everyone who says to me lord lord shall enter into the mm. kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Yes. Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like a stealing of his name. Yeah. To uh, get something. What was that sorcerer in Acts that was casting out demons in Jesus' name, and the demons said, "Whoa, wait a minute! Oh yeah, we know Jesus and we know Paul. Who are
0: you? But who are you? <laughs> who are you? Well, and that's exactly what." Uh, James 4.3 warns us against. When you ask and you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on pleasures, on your pleasures. And so it's kind of the same train of thought. Is, well, sometimes when we say this, or we're asking God for something and we add in Jesus' name at the end, is it because we want something for our own selfishness? Yeah. And if that's the case, then we're not going to get it, you know, because that's not what God is there for. No, He's not there to just indulge your selfishness. Right. He does give good gifts to his children, and he provides for us, and he watches over us. So I'm not discounting that, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying there's a reason uh, why sometimes we don't get what we ask for because maybe our heart is not in the right place when we ask for it.
1: Right. Exactly. why do you want to win the lottery yeah. Yeah. so you can
0: buy all kinds of toys so I can help the orphanage down the street and pay off all my family's debt and, and, so, and buy a new house and,
1: <laughs> and the spirit says how are you helping the orphans now
0: yeah. the one who does accordingly with what they've been given much will be given yes so it's about being a good steward of those yeah. kinds of things as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: Maybe you can't do everything you want to do, but are you doing everything you
0: can do? Right. That's a big question. That's uh. a big question. Uh, by the way, that uh, passage you were asking about of where the person is trying to cast out demons in Jesus' name, that's Acts 19, uh, starting in verse 13. Uh, and this is a good example of why you should really be careful about praying in Jesus' name or doing something in the name of Jesus. Then some of the uh, uh, itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. That's a big red flag number one, <laughs> is you're trying to piggyback the reward off someone else's faith, and not your own. You know, That's not Jesus who they proclaim, it's Jesus who Paul proclaims. And these these were the seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva. Verse 15, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And then it goes on from there to say that the one spirit mastered, which is another way for saying beat the tar out of (laughs) all the seven sons, and they left running away. Uh, So, yeah, this is not something to take lightly. No. Don't toy with it. Right. You got a gun
1: don't play with it mm. right but the name of Jesus and I don't know that we've adequately defined what that term means yet mm-hmm. but the name of Jesus is something to trust in Isaiah yeah. prophesied as it's recorded here in Matthew twelve twenty-one. And in the name, his name, that's Jesus' name, Gentiles will trust.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Acts 4, what is it, 421? 412.
0: Right numbers, wrong order.
1: <laughs> Dyslexic. Acts 412, there is no other name given under heaven whereby we might be saved.
0: Yes.
1: So, so does that include Jesus? <laughs>
0: Once again, I think it's about who you're referencing because I'm sure there's a a Jesus Christ out there that's not Jesus the Messiah. Christ isn't his last name anyway. Just out of curiosity, I looked up. There are 12,957 Charles Jones in the U.S. And most of them are my close friends. (laughs) (laughs) They got the best name. I'm going to see if there's anybody named Jesus Christ in the US. There are seven people huh. named Jesus Christ in the US. There are 263,000 people with the first name Jesus, but I assume Jesus falls into yeah. that as well. right Right. And so that touches by the, like that kind of rhetorical like silly question of as I include Jesus really helps point the picture of what we're trying to say if it's not about the actual like literal name title the letters so, in a row right right it's not about the letters it's about the person who does we're he
1: represent right what does he represent yeah and are you trying to represent him
0: mm. and I think that's the point is that. Why are we praying Is yeah. So important to invoking the name of Jesus At the end of the prayer And there are some really important passages from the book of John That point us to the reason why We pray in Jesus' name And it's because of the command of Jesus To do so mm-hmm. And John 14 13-14 says And I will do whatever you ask in my name So that the Father may be glorified in the Son mm-hmm. You may ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. Now that sounds like an unqualified statement. So, says anything in my name, and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Well, turn this wall into from blue to purple in Jesus' name. Like, why are we doing that? The important thing is that so that the Father may be glorified right. in the Son. hmm so the reason we're praying and the things that we're going to be given are the things that bring glory to God and to Jesus. No. Continuing on, we see that same theme in John fifteen sixteen. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Once again, it's to bear fruit. It's mm-hmm. to bring glory to God. It's to build His <coughs> kingdom. Those are the things that we should be asking for that God's going to honor. Exactly. Yeah. And once again, John sixteen, twenty three, twenty-four. In that day you will know in that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. If it gets wet, mm-hmm. Remember, this is all going back to who God and Jesus is, yeah. and what we're asking for needs to bring them glory. Needs to be in yeah. pursuit of their goals. Yes. So it, the power—that's a good man. phrase. Yeah. in
1: Pursuit of his, their goals.
0: And that's what Jesus did when mm. he prayed for power to God, to perform miracles. Yeah. You didn't see Jesus praying to be able to fly to show off. You know, like a part of me thinks that if Jesus would have turned selfish and started asking for God's power to do things, he would have been shut off. You know, obviously he didn't do that. And he wasn't going to. In fact, that was Satan's temptations against him. Yeah. It was to abuse the power he had. Yeah. And he said no. Yeah. And so we have to be good stewards of the authority we've been given through Jesus mm-hmm. to ask things that are in alignment with the will of God and if we do that then we will receive what we ask for. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what John 1 John 5 14 (laughs) through 15 says this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we have asked of him. Right. Is as good as done if it's in alignment with his will. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, so I appreciate that you brought that up because, you know, if someone doesn't really understand what Jesus' name means and what to do things, what it means to do things in Jesus' name, we can look at like John 14, 13, and 14 and think, oh, this is an unqualified statement. It means literally anything I ask. But the statement is not whatever you ask, I'll do for you. It's whatever you ask in my name like in my name is the qualifying part mm. <laughs> you know you that means study Jesus learn Jesus study God learn God know what their will know what their goals are know what their mission is and if you ask something that is in the confines of that and right is what First John just said anything that's I think the point you're saying so. is like if you knew Jesus and you ask for something that you know he wouldn't be in favor of then you're not asking in his name right cool. right
1: Let's say you're working for somebody building a house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your job is to build that house for that guy. He's got an account at the lumber yard, And he says, if you need anything, just go on down and pick it up, and they'll put it on my account. Right. OK. So in your mind, I'm building this house for Buddy. Mm-hmm. Right. I go down to the heart the lumber yard to pick up some timber and they said well that'll be five thousand dollars put it on buddy's account it's for him yeah. are we praying that way for jesus mm-hmm. you, what do i
0: need and it's right. kind of like let's say the guy at the lumber yard who's selling you all this stuff knows what's going on right he knows what's being built and so you come to him with they happen to sell candy at the hardware store on the yeah. side counter and you say, here's, here's a whole box of root beer candy. And you say, Hey, put this on buddy's tab. And he's like, hold on a second. Yeah. Well, what part of the house is that? Yeah. For? Like, why do you yeah. need this? You know? And so yes. that's the self praying for selfishness. Yeah. You know? right. Are you, are you asking for what you need to get the job done? Or are you asking for what you want out of your own pleasure? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah also a, a neat illustration for the fact that you know Buddy's account you know it's like in a sense that, the name of Buddy you know is like what he's what his goal is what the resource and power he has is and you're uh, involving yourself in that and aligning to what Buddy wants to get uh, things done or to get things that you ask for um, one of the best things though is that the uh, person that we're working for is ultimately working for us You know what I mean? Uh, We have the best boss ever in existence, so to speak, because they already have everything. And we have a really good pension. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Best 401k match ever. Yes. We have the best retirement plan, the best benefits. Uh, We have the best trade. Give them all of our crap, and we get eternal life in return. I think that John 14 passage is really where this Christian culture of saying Jesus' name really, really comes from. And it's for good reason. Well, Matthew
1: 18 in verse 20, Jesus told us that where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be there.
0: I think there's a way to pray in Jesus' name on a normal basis and not lose its meaning. Yeah. But it requires a certain amount of focus and intentionality from the side of the one who's praying. Yeah. Which I think it's incumbent on all of us and especially the leaders in church Mm -hmm. to make sure we are praying in a way that's meaningful. Because oftentimes one problem I really had at Bible college it was kind of a personal thing. I worked through it but we at church we would be on a worship set or the sermon would be finishing up or whatever and we would use prayer time as this kind of buffer in the service to make a transition in what's going on mm-hmm. so during prayer the worship leaders and the instrument players and the singers would come up on stage while someone was praying or you know when the pastor finished that was a that was the cue, you know, like, oh, pray. This is the time that we get ready to do things. Right. And I, I had a really big problem with that because I'm like, if you're walking up on stage and you're trying to tiptoe and be quiet and you're thinking about the music that's coming up and grabbing your instrument and getting ready, you're not focusing on the prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what you're thinking about. Right. And so it gave me, kind of made me pause and be like, well, why are we praying, you know, hmm. during this time? If. We are not taking it seriously. We're not just using it as a transitional phrase, or transitional time in between things. Church is—that's not its purpose, right? A segue prayer. Yeah, yeah. If you want a segue, just play some music or instrumentation or something. You know. It it oh, became sure. a a tool for the production of church, yeah, instead hmm. of an actual invoking of our communion with God and Jesus in that time. And that really bothered me. And I, you know, we talked about it. But I still feel that way, which is why at North Kent, we don't move around during prayer, you know? We pray, and then we move, you know? Amen means go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That might be another part of the needs to address, by the way, is amen. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it warrants a whole episode because it's pretty right. easy to explain. It's, it's kind no, just of just a Let's just tag it on right here. Yeah. Amen just means yeah. let it be. It's a word that just means. So be it. So be it. So be it. So when you say amen, you know, in a sermon or something, when Chuck yells amen out, he's like, I agree with that, you know? Yeah. Like, let's make that a reality or let's listen do that. up, people. Yeah. <laughs> and so at the end of your prayer, you say, amen. It just means, you know, let these things be. Like, yeah, I want this to happen. Essentially.
1: I don't know for sure. And I'd have to look it up. But I will go out on a limb that when Jesus said things like, verily, verily, I say, that could also be translated, amen, amen, yeah. I say.
0: Yeah. Mm. It's just kind of that emphasis of, like, yeah. this thing is happening right we were talking earlier uh, a second ago about how we can pray regularly in the name of Jesus and have us still uh, literally mean what it's supposed to mean in our life Uh, for whatever help this might be I know I sometimes uh, would just simply say the same exact meaning of Jesus's name but just repeat it differently yeah just you know in God in light of your of your being in light of your ministry light of your goal for my life, I ask for, like, you know, just to, really it's for me, just to to keep on track with what I'm supposed to be doing and saying there, you know. Nathan Massey one time said, and it really struck me, in the authority of the name of King Jesus. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, wow, that's exactly what in Jesus' name is actually saying. Right.
1: Well, if we go back to, it was brought up earlier about the, the model prayer,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: how did Jesus end that
0: he Dominion, didn't say in, in my glory.
1: name amen right. <laughs> Not right, he said something along the lines of for yours is the kingdom and the power right. and, and the and glory, glory forever
0: amen, amen. I so. and I think that's how prayer is supposed to be it starts with honor and worship and it ends with honor and worship because that's yeah. that's what we've been called to do yeah You can take a lot of the same principles you might naturally come to if you're thinking about talking to someone that's I don't know really famous or important or powerful. You have this sense of you know respect, and you want to talk to them about things that really matter, and you want to get to know them. Like I don't know if you went to talk to the president or something, you have these things kind of naturally in mind of oh don't just say silly whatever's to them. Like you have their time, it's valuable.
1: Hey. Hi, how they hanging?
0: Yeah. Right. And you're not going to say anything, like, rude to them, and you're going to say, I really appreciate all you've done in service for us. Like, those are things you just might naturally do, and that's just the same but heightened to a way different level when you're talking to, you know,
1: the Almighty Heavenly Father. King of the universe. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we say you're honored to judges, which hold almost essentially no honor in comparison (laughs) to the God and his son. Yeah. And I think we, uh, we lose that veneration a little bit mm-hmm. sometimes in our prayer.
1: Yeah.
0: Because we, we do it so often it just becomes offhand. Right. And it's important for us to feel that connection because Christ died so that we could come to the Father. So that we could come into his throne room mm-hmm. and pray. So we need to take advantage of that gift. Yeah. We, we shouldn't be like, oh, I can't pray to God because he's so high and above Hmm. and that I'm not allowed to be there no Christ died for that so take advantage of that walk into that in confidence that we can talk to the Father but also don't take it lightly because Jesus did die for it I don't think anybody would take it lightly if they were like hey you're going to go to a world meeting of all the world leaders and you represent the entire United States and what you're saying yeah Yeah. I think most people would be like oh uh, okay (laughs) wow so just imagine that every time you pray and every time you do anything, you get to have that ambassadorship, for lack of a better phrase, of yeah. Jesus of God, the King of the Universe, and the Son. And there's also, I think, another aspect of praying in Jesus' in a name we haven't quite touched on is that He's our intercessor. Yeah. Um, that's the function He plays in our lives now. Uh, like First Timothy two five says. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and man. And who is that? The man, Christ Jesus. Or Romans 8, 34 says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Mm-hmm. And so there's this kind of... Uh, I mean I guess the best word is mediator just what the right. scripture uses is that Jesus is here I, I like to think filtering our prayer or, yeah. or bringing it the honor or I'm not exactly sure all the nitty gritty components of what that means spiritually but what we do know is that he acts as this go between between the father yeah. and us and he's this, he's this perfect son that's been the bridge yeah. that allows us to communicate with the father in a way that
1: Yes, and we know that it's legitimate because that's the way God set it up. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's no problem. With if
1: that. it's good for Him, it ought to be good for us. Yeah, yep.
0: yep. If I can share something real quick in my own personal life about what really helped me, really truly understand the power and grace given to me of connection with God and prayer and getting to pray in Jesus's name, is uh, I remember. I guess in college and a little bit before that too, really starting to take seriously the faith and thinking about it thoroughly. And I remember hearing about what it used to be like for the Jews before Jesus did his ministry and their connection with God was basically you had to have the priests do that for you. And there is only one time a year when the very highest priest can enter into the very spot with God after performing a whole bunch of sacrifices and cleansings and even after that rituals uh to get right standing with god And even after that all the other priests would tie a rope around his waist because he might die in that room and they can't go after there so like just like really understanding the emphasis of it is really no joke to be in the presence of god as a sinful corrupt person
1: yeah what about the what about the two priests and the the fake fire yeah uh
0: aaron's son aaron's uh did like the incense offering incorrectly and it's kind of like I want to curious. say Ananias and Sapphira, but that's the New Testament people. Oh yeah, it's uh <coughs> Nadab and Abihu. Yes, who offered the unholy fire in the temple, trying to do their own thing, and yeah. wham, yeah, that was it for them. Or the man and then Aaron had Wouldn't a couple other. Wouldn't things be sons. much simpler if that's the way it still worked? Mm. It does in the end. Well, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Or Ananias and Sapphira.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or the man who touched the ark of the covenant when it started to fall. He tried to. Uriah. Yeah, Uriah. He just tried to touch it because it was falling, and he died because it was in the presence of God. I'm trying to be helpful here. God said, don't touch it. Yeah. Don't touch, touch it. it. <laughs> yeah. don't touch and it. he also said never to put it on a cart. Carry it on poles. And so they were doing two things they shouldn't have been. They put it on the cart. Well, it was cow, something about the cows, too. Um... Mm. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't quite remember what I'm talking about right now. But I do remember there's a specific biblical passage that says do not put my ark on a cart and only carry it on poles. And then later when they're moving it back when it falls off the cart right? they're doing two things wrong. He touches right. it and they're not supposed to have it on a cart. Right. And so all this to say it really made me realize how blessed I actually am that Jesus <laughs> intercedes yeah. and that Jesus did die for us that we can just if we showed the old Jewish people what we're able to do in prayer every single day I think they would be mind blown the veil is torn the veil is torn that, that separation between the Holy of Holies and the rest right. of us is yeah. gone well there was
1: a, there's a short little joke and okay. if it's not appropriate you can cut <laughs> it out <laughs> but uh, this old Jewish man was okay. walking away from the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem and one of his friends saw him. And he said, do you come here every day? He says, oh, yes, I come and pray here every day at the wall. He says, well, does it work? And he said, that's like talking to a wall.
0: Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But to, to be serious. Jesus is the way the truth and the life and no one gets to the father except through him
1: there's no other other name
0: there's no other name there's no other way
1: nobody's got the reputation nobody's got the standing with the father Mm -hmm. God never said to me my beloved son in whom I am well pleased I wanted him to but he never did
0: (laughs) and we inherit that from our belief in Christ we are clothed in Christ, after we make Him our Lord, yeah, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah,
1: I looked for that verse, but I couldn't find it.
0: Let me see. Put on can. Jesus Christ. Sure, we can find it here pretty quick.
1: Through the miracle of modern technology. Romans
0: thirteen fourteen. Instead, close your. Sin. Instead, Romans thirteen fourteen says. Instead, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the desires of the flesh.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that passage. Yeah. Don't make plans to sin. <laughs>
0: yeah. Instead, be covered in Christ.
1: So you're covered in Christ. In Jesus, yeah. and when you pray in His name, clothed in Jesus,
0: it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Yeah, you know, Paul also says that. Which yes. the tithe what we're talking about is basically saying, I live in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I no longer live in my name. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I also just think of Scripture, too, Colossians three seventeen, just going along with this. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, it's just as simple as that. You know, you live in the name of Jesus for the sake, as Josiah pointed out earlier, to glorify God produce fruit to build the house that he once built that uh, verse really b- b- built. that verse really bothers me sometimes because I I like to have a bad attitude about things <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like to bicker
0: a little bit or like be upset that I have to do this you know oh we know Josiah and that's why Amber's sick <laughs> <laughs> that's why I have Amber around because she says hey you shouldn't be acting this way when you're doing this and she's said that to me before mm. Good and girl. Yeah. A yeah. good wife is a blessing from God. And, mm. yep. and uh, good friends, too. Yep. Those who come and say to you, you know what? You're doing the right thing, but you're not doing it for the right reason. Mm. You're not doing it with the right attitude. And that sharpens you. Yep. That's yep. a very valuable quality. Yeah.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, any other thoughts before we close out this episode and say goodbye to our dear listeners? Uh, I guess my last thought is I'm just really glad that we're talking about this um, and talking about the Christianese and talking about in Jesus' name and discipleship and all these fancy Christian words we're hearing all the time because I think it just, I don't know, brings to life the faith you're living it in. Does. It
1: does. It does. the simple things are made... Exposed. Hmm. They're better to easier to understand even though we think they're simple.
0: Right. Yeah. A lot of times they aren't. I have other people who went their entire lives saying in Jesus' his name without really thinking, what am I saying? Mm. And that's not where we should be as right. followers of Jesus. That's, that's not. right. not we need to understand what we're doing when we're saying his name. It helps break Christendom being a part of your Midwest or American culture <laughs> and having it be a bit more of living like Christ. Universal, yeah. And that also brings, I think, a little bit of warning as we close out here, is don't take the name of Jesus or the name of God, Yahweh, lightly.
1: Oh, no. Don't
0: use it in vain. Mm-hmm. No. and Or you'll end up like the guy from Acts who's like, I know Jesus, I know Paul. Who are you? You know? When yeah. you when you go around saying in Jesus' name or using it as a curse word or just throwing it around, it loses power because it loses your meaning when yeah. you're saying it. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean we have to stop saying it. We shouldn't shy away from using it because it, it is important to us. Yeah,
1: right. We don't shy away from fire just because it could burn down our house.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to use it appropriately, mm-hmm. yeah. or it will burn down our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Breakfast Theology. I really thank you
1: so much <laughs> for letting me be part of it. <laughs>
0: I really uh, hope that you guys um, find value in this, share it with others, Emails at at gmail.com with comments, thoughts, questions, concerns, yeah. well, Maybe
1: we should have a, a session, a lesson on how to make emails. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe they don't know how.
0: If you need that, email oh, us bye. and let us know. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Oh, I had a Southwest
0: chicken bowl. Oh, yeah. We forgot to talk oh, about oh. what we ate. Well, how can we Good forget? Good thinking, Chuck. I'm sorry for all those who waited so long. I had the Southwest. No. I I I had had the New Mexico chicken bowl. Yeah. (laughs) Chuck and I copied each other the Southwest chicken bowl. Alright. And that's it.